0: I'm Lights Camera Jackson. Welcome to the LCJ Q&A podcast. You can also read these interviews at animationscoop.com. The Annie Awards is Saturday, February the 25th. You can watch it online starting at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. And one of the honorees this year for the Windsor McKay Award is a three-time Oscar winner, a four-time BAFTA winner. The chief creative officer at Pixar has directed some of the most iconic animated movies ever, and he's here with me now. It's so good to see you, Pete Doctor. How are you?
1: It is good to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Congratulations on receiving the Windsor McKay Award. How does it feel to get this incredible honor from the Annie Awards?
1: Well, it's pretty crazy. I mean, the list I was looking at, the list of people who have won this before, and it's like, whoa, okay, first of all, the luminaries of the whole thing, you know, starting with Windsor McKay himself, who's kind of arguably like the first character animator, really. Uh, And then you go down and then my second thought is, am I really that old? Is this like a lifetime achievement thing? I I feel like I'm just starting. I'm just figuring this out. So
0: you've had an unbelievable career in animation, and we're gonna go through some of the highlights here. Um, do you have a great speech ready though already? (laughs) You've given so many throughout your career. Do you have a speech ready?
1: No, I don't I I have to think about that. That's I'm gonna make a note. Right speech. Yeah, no, I haven't really thought too much other than thank you. And, and you know, I I think it might be an opportunity to talk about some of the influences and and uh, people who were influential in my career, which would be fun uh, to talk about. Um, Chuck Jones and, you know, people that I work directly with. Uh, I got to uh, hang around quite a bit with Joe Grant, who is, of course, one of the guys who, you know, co-wrote Dumbo and chose music for Fantasia. And he had a lot to say about things that I, he actually came up with the title Monsters Incorporated. Um, So anyway, a lot of great people I've had the good fortune to work with.
0: Yeah, you'll have the opportunity to do that at the 50th Annie Awards. So glad it's back in person. That's going to be February the 25th. I want to start with Toy Story. You You were part of the story team. The movie came out in 1995, a little before my time. But what I've read is that It opened to $39 million in its five-day open, and everybody thought this is a huge risk. CG animation, will people go? What do you remember about that Thanksgiving weekend of 1995 as the box office results were coming in, the reviews were coming in, and people were starting to go to Toy Story?
1: Yeah, well, as you say, it was not something that had been done. I think people's general association with computer animation was like, logos that were flying at you and stuff you know and they're like i don't want to watch that so the idea that we could embed character-based animation into computer stuff i don't think people had seen a lot of it so uh the other thing that even within the studio at disney you know we the look of the film did not make itself clear until the last couple months. So we're working on this thing for three years. First of all, it's scratchy drawings. Then it's like weird Tron wireframe stuff that people are like, I don't even know what I'm seeing here. And only at the very end did we have the compute power to finally put all the lighting and the shading and the textures together. So it, it was not apparent what it would be until just months before we finished. Uh, so I think it really took a lot of people by surprise. I know internally, as I was working on it, it just felt like something that we were doing. It was very much like being at school, working on something with your friends in the garage or whatever. And so when it finally came out, my I was pretty shocked first of all, that people were even seeing it because to me, it was just something we were doing here at the you know for fun. And then the fact that people liked it and treated it like a movie, not like some weird science experiment or something that was like the ultimate receipt
0: nice yeah the reception was incredible changed the animation world forever we go to monsters incorporated which came out in 2001 and i have to tell you i think it's the pixar movie that i liked when i was young but as i've gotten older i have appreciated the themes and the values and the messages of it more than maybe any other pixar movie what Hmm. kind of reception did you receive at the time from older and younger people, and have you seen that over the years of of people going, wow, I've appreciated this even more.
1: That's interesting. What I it, it I'm curious. Can you put into words what were the things that 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 stick in your mind in that regards?
0: I think it's the sully and boo dynamic. I now have <laughs> a a five year old cousin, and I just think the an older person and younger person. And of course you, you did that with up as well, but that, that heartwarming aspect on top of the comedy and Billy Crystal and and the doors and all of that, I think it's the heartwarming aspects that really get me.
1: I think that was something we kind of stumbled into because uh, where the film came from, I mean, really, and I, I've said this before, so you may have heard it, but uh, Toy Story surprised me because so many friends would say, I love that movie. You know, I secretly thought my toys came to life too when I wasn't looking. And uh, I was Actively searching for something like that, that we all believed. And, you know, I knew that there were monsters that lived in my closet waiting to scare me. And so we just started exploring that. And then, as part of it, we realized pretty quickly that the monster little kid relationship is key. And I think in so doing, we stumbled into kind of a mythic um, I'm not saying the film is mythic by any stretch but there are these kind of prototypical relationships of like Frankenstein and a little kid like these big hulking uh, powerful beings and then something very innocent and small that sort of needs protecting and so I feel like That was uh, central to what made that film work and why people connected to it. Um, But it was I wish I could say we were smarter about it It was just something that we kind of discovered as we made the films. In fact, I mean, that's pretty consistent in all the stuff I've worked on. The one consistent thing is I don't know what I'm doing when I start out and we just make it up and discover it as we go.
0: Oh, yeah, you do it so well. Yeah, Love Monsters Inc. Love Monsters (laughs) Work that the whole franchise has been fantastic. When it comes to Up, which came out in 2009, at the time when it was released, I was spending a lot of time with my grandmother and, and just that bond of a young person and an older person and that dynamic. I think it also sort of broke ground in a sense that we get a lot of these grandparent-grandchild relationships in sitcoms, dramas, various shows that have come along since Up, but this was the one that Mm. really put this out there in the mainstream. Could you really feel that as you were making up?
1: Yeah, and it was a bit of a head-scratcher for most people as you talk about like, okay, it's an action-adventure starring an old man, and that sort of gets a smile, but people are like, I don't want to watch a movie about an old guy. I mean, we're very youth-centric in the U.S., in our entertainment generally. So the idea of doing something really featuring not just a character who's old, but like the issues that faced people when they had that lack of power that happens as you get older, like I can't, you know, you, they, they can't make their own decisions anymore and things slowly get taken away from them. And so we were really embracing that. And people were like, I don't know that this seems fun and funny, you know? <laughs> so um obviously there are a lot of other aspects of the film that that try to balance and counter for that but you know i think i would really credit bob peterson who is co-director and and writer finding a lot of the things of like carl cracking his back and why is that going to be funny or carl slowly going down the stairs on the power you know that whatever that thing's called all those things that we kind of made fun of or we tried to have fun with Mm-hmm. uh that 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 happened to us as we get older and now i'm starting to feel more and more like carl every day
0: jeez oh, geez. beat doctors here with me on the lcj q a podcast receiving the Windsor mckay award at the annie awards on saturday february the 25th inside out 2015 I went to a a screening of it when I saw the film. It was with a Fathom Events presentation. You and Amy Poehler were in Australia, I believe. There was a a, a live uh, Q&A afterwards that was very interesting inside. Yeah, the process of, of that movie. Amy Puller had done a lot of voice work before this, but what I found through her work was she dug deeper than ever before when it came to a role as a director, what is that relationship like between a director and a lead voice actor, especially someone like her who had to put so much into joy.
1: It becomes pretty intimate, pretty personal because, uh, you know, I really, man, actors are amazing. They put themselves out there um, and, you know, Depending on the actor, they'll let you in more or less to the process. But Amy was, first of all, she totally got and connected with what we needed. She almost directs herself. Like, is, all I would have to do is say, okay, here's what's going on in the scene. She'd be like, got it. And she'd go through. She nails the comedy. She knows uh, what's needed uh, for 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 the, for the drama. And uh, there were one or two scenes where she would do something, I think, like the vulnerable stuff uh, at the end of, Act two, where she's stuck in the memory dump and memories are disappear- disappearing. She did it and it was like, okay, that's good. And I, we had just a kind of a talk between takes and I, we talked, I don't remember exactly what I said, but we talked about the where the character was and the need to really feel it and be truthful and and I really need to feel this. and And she's like, all right. And we even turned the lights down a little bit and she just, and it was heartbreaking because I don't know where she went in her mind. But she really dialed into that moment and brought so much to it. So it's it's a fun I mean, assuming you get along with the actor, it's really a a cool thing because they come along on this weird, magical, imaginary journey and bring it to life.
0: Absolutely. That was a, a great example of the, of the pairing of you and her when it came to that and soul 2020. Uh, last time we spoke was over zoom doing the oh, yeah. doing that one of the first major animated movies to have a, a junket over zoom. And in your Oscar speech, you thanked teachers. I have to think that there are so many teachers who are showing your films, whether it's an animation school or otherwise, all across the world. What does that mean to you that films like soul, which has so much meaning to it are being shown to kids,
1: students all over the world? Oh, uh, well, if that's true, that would be really cool. Um, and I have heard, uh, I think inside out more than anything, teachers talking about using it as a model or a discussion point for, uh, for students to kind of break it. Cause I think what the, the other thing I, I would say that we've tried to do in our films is to physicalize things. Like if I sit and explain to you the story for for soul or for Inside Out, I think most people are like, eh? you know, but if you show it to them, even little kids get it and, and totally understand it. So making it visual, which is another thing, of course, you learn watching Chuck Jones cartoons and the early Disney films that everything is so visual. There's such a reliance on that and less dialogue. I think we use way too much dialogue. We, I was just talking with one of the directors here about that are we our over reliance on dialogue. We got to, we got to look, go back to the, uh, the roots of animation and, and figure that out. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. We never wanted to make films that seem luxury or that seem like lessons. You just want to touch people. That's the reason you're making these movies is to make people feel something. And um, if it can bring along some ideas that, Uh, I mean, my goal on Soul was like I've said at the beginning to the producer, I would love for this movie to end and people to look at each other and go, we got to go get an ice cream and talk about this or a coffee or whatever. I want to I would love to engage people in some of these deeper conversations that we don't typically get into in everyday life. You're like, what's for lunch? Oh, we're late. You know, those kind of things are where we stay most of our lives. But there's some really deep, meaningful stuff that could change the way you act in daily situations if you stop and really analyze and think about it a little bit.
0: Yeah, Soul had incredible visuals and music and story. We got about a minute left. As the chief creative officer at Pixar, you're overseeing some really cool upcoming projects, Win or Lose, which is a series that's gonna be on Disney Plus. We've got Elio, Inside Out 2, Elemental is coming this year. What excites you about the future at Pixar?
1: Well, just taking any of those as an an example, but I'll take Elemental. It's a film that is kind of like what Pixar does best in its sense of great, specific characters, uh, relationships that are really entertaining and heartwarming and funny. But it's also a look that we've never done before. It's taking you're going to see visuals. You just kind of make your jaw drop. I mean, people have talked to me about Back on Monsters, Inc., seeing Sully fall in the snow with his fur blowing in the wind and going like, what I What am I looking at? I feel that watching Elemental. It's just nothing you've ever seen. And I feel like, man, that's what we want. That's what we strive to keep doing is just surprising the audience really by surprising ourselves and trying to push things uh, in in a lot of different ways.
0: Well, I can't wait to see what you and Pixar do next. Congratulations on this well-deserved Windsor McKay Award. Watch the Annie Saturday, February 25th, live stream on YouTube and the Annie Awards website. Pete Doctor, thank you for being here today on the LCJ Q&A.
1: Thank you, It's my pleasure.
0: I'm Lights Camera Jackson. For more of these episodes, go to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Lights-Camera-Jackson.com. And don't forget to also read these interviews at animationscoop.com.